Welcome to Just Think, the podcast. The podcast where we don't want to tell you what to think. We just want to encourage you to do it. We are three friends that came from across the political spectrum who were tired of partisan politics and were alarmed at what we saw happening in our country, including the growing political divide. But we found as we challenged ourselves to recognize our own biases, to put them aside, we were absolutely united in our pursuit for the truth. And that's why we started this podcast to share the conversations we were having around that pursuit and to invite you into our conversation. To encourage you to feel free to ask questions. Search for the answers yourself to say what you think. That's right, because as we like to say, diversity of thought, ideas, and beliefs are welcome here. Asshats are not. (laughs) (laughs) All are welcome as long as you just think. We're back, and just when we thought um, it couldn't get any more insane than last week. Well, wait, did we really think that? <laughs> We're going next level. <laughs> level up. <laughs> Some days it feels like we're swimming in a hell hole we're never going to get out of. It's what it oh my God. Like. I'm not trying to sound depressing. We're, we, we are going to... We're going to bring some optimism to the to the podcast, we hope too. But, you know, every week, if you're familiar with our podcast every week, we are three friends that come from across the political spectrum, right? And so what we found, you know, as much as the media portrays an incredible divide and does a great job at dividing this country, wow. causing yeah. us mm-hmm. to get lost in our echo chambers, causing us to take on more and more bias to where we can't even hear the other side. You know, you guys are listening to three people who come from across that spectrum and we get along swimmingly because we are first Americans that believe in the constitution. Think it's an incredible document that was written. We believe in law and order. We believe in the American dream. We we believe in the fundamentals of America. We believe that we've come a long way, baby, right? We we are growing into that more perfect union where there's freedom for all. And we are just appalled at looking at what's happening with the current administration, what's happening in the media, what's not being said by the media, what's happening in corporations getting away with literal murder and They think they're above the law. Like when you start looking at what's happening, no wonder people are really battling depression, right? Like it's, it's pretty concerning. Don't you think? Yeah. And I I also feel like we believe in truth and we're pretty, I mean, yeah, the truth is just, I mean, for, it just, it seems like it's easy to spot. It's like, it's easy to, it seems like, I mean, it should be, I feel like (laughs) truth and logic kind of go hand in hand. And I feel like, um, we're just the three friends that also just believe in the power of truth and logic and making and rational, um, decision-making and rational thought to get you to the truth. I don't know. Well, yeah. And I think if everybody would take that approach and, and, and really just sit back and say, okay, what matters most to me, which I think the three of us have already said, you know, our way of life as America, you know, it's not perfect, but it's better than anything else out there. And it is the greatest experiment in human history. And we're all still a part of that experiment, right? Where we are fighting hard with every generation for freedom and democracy. But I mean, we're just noticing. Well, now it's being threat. It's being threatened now. So I think that's why everybody, that's why we're all noticing. And I think for so many years, we've taken it for granted, you know, like even today we're recording this on Veterans Day and, you know, I, I have more appreciation now than I ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when, when I would hear people say, oh, they fought for our freedom. We have to fight for our freedom. That, did, that didn't resonate so much with me um, until now, because oh. now I see. Well, because it's being threatened and it could be taken away. Well, here's what we've learned, right? It, it became personal, right, Amy? It became personal when your way of life was being threatened and you were, you were physically experiencing that over 2020 with your kids, with education, with your freedoms. You, when things become personal, Americans do wake up. And as you two would definitely have described yourself pre-2020, pretty apolitical, right? You voted, but you didn't really yes. get that involved in politics, nor did you want to. Many of us don't want to because we hate the partisan politics. We think that has just become ridiculous. But I think it has a lot to do with the fact that it became very personal. And when you start to experience the consequences of the choices of our elected officials, 
then you do wake up to what's going on and you do get informed and you do go and vote because you know that it matters, right? I think and, we just take it for granted, yeah, uh, you know? Yeah, like, absolutely. I mean, I think, and there's so much, and it's really sad. It's almost like, as sad, as harsh as this sounds, sometimes it takes a, a, like a death it's for the you wake, to appreciate life. The wake you know? up call. It's the wake up call. You and don't know like, what you're missing until it's gone. Right. Or when the threat of it being gone, you know, and right. I think, and that's what's happening. You know, we are so fortunate and so lucky and we need to take time to just appreciate it. And, and it's not that I didn't appreciate veterans or, you know, or anybody who has fought for our country or, or for our country, but now I really, really, really get it. Get and it. I really respect it. And that's the blessing and the silver lining yep. of all of this is that we all needed to feel this and we all should feel this way. And we all should be proud of our country and um, not just be so complacent. So I know it's not just us feeling this way. It's a lot of people. Mm -hmm. That's right. And I think too, what, what I've learned, I think that's really come into, you know, clarity for me. It's not just the military's job to defend our freedoms. It's every American's job. Right. It's we the people. That's right. right. And they may go, you know, carry weapons and go overseas, you know, and then fight domestically for our freedoms. But, you know, we all have to take a stand and hold our government in check. And I think we're feeling very concerned about the fact that we got a government that almost looks like it's going rogue right now in, in varying degrees. And, and we're very concerned about what's unfolding. So let's let's jump in, girls. First of all, yeah. speaking of defending every American needing to defend freedom, Kyle Rittenhouse made news last year as a basically a young kid. I think he was 17 years old. And I remember when I first heard this story in 2020, my, this kid ended up killing two people at the riots in Wisconsin that broke out, out because of Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake was pulled over by cops, shot and killed. Um, of course, it later came out that Jacob Blake pulled a knife on the cops who then shot and killed him, but it didn't matter. At that point, the mobs were incited and they were rioting. I didn't know at the time how bad those riots were. I did hear later people were hiding in churches because they thought that would be the safest place to hide from the mob. I mean, it was it was quite bad. We've seen video. When I heard about what Kyle Rittenhouse did, um, I, I remember thinking, oh my gosh, kid, I hate that you showed up with weapons, right? Like that put you in a position to have to use them if it was self-defense. Now, we we had a lot of people who were saying it was self-defense. He certainly cooperated with authorities, but we know what also happened. The media showed up and the media ran with the story that Kyle Rittenhouse was basically a mass murderer. People tried to raise money for his defense. And I believe that was shut down because he was called a mass murderer before even being convicted. Not only that, Holly, but Joe Biden himself tweeted out um, that he was a white supremacist. That's right. There was a video that he was Biden, a candidate. That's right. For, for president. That's right. Mm. He was running for president, had a video that showed Kyle Rittenhouse's face, included with Trump being a white supremacist and inciting white supremacy. And the mother, they, they did say they were going to sue the Biden administration. I'm not sure what's going on with that case. But that was this kid was 17. He had not been tried. There were many who were running to his defense early on saying this kid shot in self-defense and, and, and go look at the whole story because I, I think he was also asked by a business to stand guard because of the looting and the, the, the rioting. And again, this was a kid who was a lifeguard. He was, I think, a medic. I mean, he had some, this was a kid who I think really wanted to help. Um, it's unfortunate the situation he found himself in, but I think here's something else that's important. The, the prosecution is kind of falling apart right now. Now, that's a subjective statement, depending on who you are. The things that I've been trying to keep up with and watch, the judge is already furious because the prosecuting attorneys have brought up information that they were not supposed to be able to submit. They had agreed not to submit into the trial. They did it anyway when they started realizing they were losing the case. And let me, let's just play for everybody one of the things that happened that set the courtroom on fire this week. The very kid, the two people died. One was shot. He did not die. He was shot in the arm. He was asked how this unfolded. How did he get shot? 
We want you guys to hear, this is from CBS News covering it. We want you to hear what they had to say. Check this out. Arguing Rittenhouse felt threatened by gross courts and acted in self-defense. When you were standing three to five feet from him, it wasn't until you pointed your gun at him, advanced at him, your gun, now your hands down, pointed at him, that you fired, right? Correct. Defense attorney Joe Tamblarino, who isn't connected to the case, says Grosskreutz's testimony is key for both sides. Because on the one hand, you have someone who was shot and suffered a great deal. On the other hand, you have Mr. Rittenhouse, who was 17 years old at the time and who was facing someone with a gun when he fired. You have a witness who could be used by either side, and he's very compelling. Arguing Rittenhouse. Okay, so he's very compelling. I mean, you guys heard it in the courtroom. The air went out of the courtroom when he said, he basically admitted, he pointed a gun at Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse fired back. I gotta be honest, as a gun owner, um, that's what you prepare for. Like, I hope I never have to use my guns other than for target practice. I pray I never do. Well, I, I saw the to. clip. I saw the clip of like the um, him being on the stand talking about that. And it showed the picture and it showed Kyle Rittenhouse he was sitting down on his butt in the street with his gun and it showed the guy that was on the stand probably two feet I mean they said three feet it looked real yeah. close to me yeah. yeah pointing the gun at him from from a standing position yep as his arm was being blown to bits but yeah. you know I mean, they shot him in the bicep I guess yeah but he admitted that he walked towards him he pulled his gun out he pointed it at him and got so, him shot. So you got your arm shot. I mean, so you can decide how you feel about what you would do in that situation. If you feel like that's defense, or if you feel like that's some aggressive teenager going out there, just mowing people down in the street. I mean, I don't know, but. Well, in, in the testimony of people who, you know, from there, there, again, we don't have enough time to dive into this case today, but everybody needs to go read the facts of the case as are presented before the court, because it's not looking good for the prosecution and the prosecution getting kind of desperate, throwing things into the judge. The judge had to send the jury out and yelled at the prosecution about this. I mean, he, like, you know what you're doing is wrong. And basically that you're trampling on Rittenhouse's constitutional rights. I mean, that's another thing he brought up. Um, it does not look good. Here's the thing though, this is all going on. And then you have people like LeBron James mocking this kid because Kyle Rittenhouse did take the stand in his own defense yesterday. And it, I watched it and it, my heart hurt just watching it. The whole thing is tragic and sad. But you can tell this is a kid who is traumatized. He is torn to shreds. Torn to shreds. I mean, I was thinking about Bennett too, Holly and Carson. I'm like, this kid is like only a couple years older than our own. Yes. And, and could you imagine? No, no. So I think it's interesting too, because I listened, Charlie Kirk talked a little bit about it. And I think he was talking to somebody and asking, wasn't he, were they trying him for first degree murder instead yeah. of like manslaughter? So, so like first degree murder is like, you're intending to go to kill someone, correct? Like, like, I'm trying, yeah. like and I think we're, they're going to get because he took the gun That's with it. him, yeah. but hell, I mean, with all those riots going on, I <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't go out there not I mean, armed. First of all, I wouldn't go out there. He and probably should have stayed home. Yes. He should have stayed yes. home, <laughs> yes. but he didn't. And and you know the people that were rioting, looting, burning the whole city down should have stayed home too. <laughs> that's right. It, that's right. Because here's the deal: it is it is their city. It's everyone's right. city. And sadly, with the defund the police movement and the 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 burden that this has put on. The, the forces that keep us safe. I'm, I'm serious when I say, I do feel like we as Americans have a responsibility to, to protect what we can, you know? And I mean, I'd, like I said, again, I wish the kid had never gone out there. I, you know, that would have, that would have solved it. But, but I think at the end of the day, it is our constitutional right to bear arms and it is for, for it is to defend ourselves. That's well, what I think it's going to be interesting too to watch, just watch how this plays out. And, and if they are able to, the mainstream media networks, able to extend and prolong this white supremacy narrative, this racism narrative over this, because I just don't see how, I mean, the guy he shot was white, right? 
both both everybody was white there was not a okay. white person and how right. this racism so, yeah why, why and you know having the having the president the now president wasn't then president campaigning president calling him a white supremacist before the case was even in you know like just putting that assumption out there to millions of people and then it's, the media run along with it too it's just it's so unfortunate and, and the media ran along with it we all knew that kid's name because of what had happened and you know, you even have right now, um, there was someone, in, uh, there was a, a, a black Democrat in Congress who tweeted out yesterday, basically that Kyle Rittenhouse should write. I can't remember who it was. I wish I had, I wish I'd put it up here, but you know, it was like, dude, this was after the guy admits that he was pointing a gun at him and was shot in self-defense. Wow. There's are nothing you, you can say to people that are that brainwashed. Well, this is what That's we're talking logic about. and truth comes in logic and truth there you go and it's the whole point of our podcast all three of us have to lay aside our biases to look at things as objectively as we possibly can and say am i wrong is this wrong and and really for what killed me was lebron james which i don't even know how this again like lebron james needs to sit his ass he wants to show up in oh. certain times that means just, <laughs> just he just comes out of the woodwork just to have a little tweak and everywhere. And Michael Jordan was better than you. So that I, yeah. I'll have that fight with anybody any day. You are not the king. Michael Jordan will be forever. Sorry. But Stay in your lane. Good this low. is my bias. I can't stand LeBron James. But <laughs> um, but I, it's things like this that I want to go, dude, you want to step in that when it just in in the courtroom, the guy admits that he was shot because the kid was defending himself in, in, in that particular incident. And then the judge is all down the prosecution's back. Of course, he's a white judge, so I can't wait to hear how they say this. But here's the other thing that we need to be paying attention to. With all that's, un that's unraveling in the court and is the, the recording of this, they've asked for a mistrial already because of the prosecution. So we're waiting on the judge's ruling on that, okay? But here's the other thing is that people are already threatening the jurors. Someone got busted yesterday oh recording for recording the jurors um, in the in, in in the courtroom because they are going they want to if they don't say that he's guilty if they oh, put him they want scary. to torment him. Let me tell you, this is not America, and there should be zero tolerance for anyone who even claims this is an idea. It is right. a threat against democracy and the mm -hmm. right to a free trial, and it is disgusting. But again, the media is, is it is a shame to see the lack of coverage by some outlets, but again, not supporting because, not surprising, because we've seen them do the same thing with the Durham report, where it is now coming out. We've already had a rest. We talked about this last week with the whole, you know, uh, Russia gate situation with Trump, basically that all of the sources or many of the sources are being discredited and that it appears that this whole rumor about Trusha, about Trusha, Trump and Russia, that it was started by the Clinton campaign and, and it's being pretty much discredited, you know, uh, source by source. We're going to see the Steele dossier looks like a load of crap at this point. We're going to see. But these were the same media outlets that reported on this ad nauseum until Trump was out of office. Where are they now reporting on the fact that, it, once again, guilty before proven innocent? I mean, it's the same. I, I mean, for crickets. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, they, or they'll, they won't say anything or they'll spin it to still talk about try to find something wrong with Trump. I mean, it's just, let it go. Admit you're wrong. Like, I don't, it's just bizarre. It's, uh, where is the ownership and accountability and the just transparency? Well, that's where I, you I mean, know if you messed up, you didn't get away with it. You got away with it for a long time. Yep. Okay, now it's coming out. There's Can someone no just fess up? journalistic I mean, integrity, which Fine. tells you that they don't work for us. They don't work to inform us. They don't care to inform us. It used about to be that the media held government kind of in check, right? Like, for example, you didn't have presidents saying one thing in a press conference, turning around the next week and denying they said it when you have video proof. Mm. And 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 then say no. And then where's the media going? Hold up, dude. Yeah, like hold, you, let's call this out. Mm. You just 
flipping lied repeatedly. And, and again, we just, again, we can't quite figure out where is the journalists, the investigative journalists that are calling this on, you know, to account. Where well, is they it? won't do it. We will. Yep. Right? Yes. yes. <laughs> right? Wait, right. you mean this has happened recently? Can we get a journalist salary, please? Yeah. Can, we, can we? Well, I think we're more work than them. Um, <laughs> you know, we did see an, an interview with Tom Homan. Tom Homan was the um, former uh, uh, ICE director, yeah, ICE director ICE. of immigration ICE. under Trump, right? And and that he was, they asked him about this exchange. So in our last podcast, we let you know that Biden called the idea of giving $450,000 to people who, um, illegal immigrants who came over under the Trump administration and were separated from their families. And, and at the time, Biden called that a trash report. Why don't we just play this and let you guys hear. Refresh your memory. Let's just refresh your memory on what's going on. Um, we're not gonna play the whole thing, but we're gonna play enough for you to hear kind of what happened. So listen to this. You said last week uh, that this report about uh, migrant families at the border getting payments uh, was garbage. No, I didn't uh, say that. Let's get it straight. Now here's the thing. Sure. All right, now hold on. I'm gonna go back. I'm just gonna, just cause I want y'all to see. Yeah, we're gonna prove it. He did we're say that actually. President Biden may have insisted reports his administration was going to pay migrant families. Hold on, sorry guys. Here it is, we're gonna play it, sorry. We're, we're playing, we don't wanna have to play the whole thing, but listen to this. I think that that might incentivize more people to come over illegally. If you guys keep sending that garbage out, yeah, but it's not true. So this is a garbage report. Yeah. President okay, Biden so may there's the garbage report. Did you hear mm -hmm. that? Everybody heard that, right? We're, we're on the same page, okay. Fast forward a week. Fast mm. forward a week, and here we go. You said last week uh, that this report about uh, migrant families at the border getting payments uh, was garbage. No, I didn't uh, say that. Let's get it straight. Now, here's the thing. Sure. Mm. In fact, <laughs> because of the, the outrageous behavior of the last administration, you coming across the border, whether it was legal or illegal, and you lost your child. You lost your child. It's gone. You deserve some kind of compensation, no matter what the circumstance. Here to react. To I mean, okay, For, we're gonna play a little more of this because we 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 think you need to hear some commentary from Tom Homan. But but guys, that's proof that he lied. Where are all the people saying Biden is lying? Lying. I mean, and that's just a small not it's not a small lie, but like to say that you said something and then say that you didn't say something. I mean, if you can't even admit that. Well, you know what? I actually did say that last week, but here's why, or here's yeah. what I meant, or here's or, what I meant, or here's where, you know, like, right. well, if you have to lie about that, come on. Amy, you're a psychology major. I mean, we know the telltale signs of professional liars. And I, and literally, I'm not, I'm not trying to be funny. He immediately deflects. He immediately gets angry. He immediately tries to incite anger over a totally different topic to distract people from the fact that he's lying and caught in that lie. Pull at heartstrings, elicit emotion about. Oh yeah, you lost. I mean, your child. child's gone. Your child's gone. First of all, don't bring your child over here illegally. I mean, I I know that sounds cruel, but where did we stop using the law and logic to define what's acceptable and what's not? Well, it's incentivizing people to bring a child, yes. whether they have one or not. If right. with this money, you know, situation, so you know, scary. they'll go borrow one and. Mm, mm, and they and are not going to do that. And they're messing with the cartel. I mean, these kids are, you know, there's kids who get sex trafficked through this situation. I mean, everything about this is bad. But the yeah. thought that, you know, we can argue all day long about whether or not we should be giving them money. And of course, we're going to talk about that in a second. But the, just the fact that you straight up lied, it's very visible. Where are all the news outlets saying, whoo, Biden is lying? I mean, yeah. I just, again, don't know where that is. But, but we do. We <laughs> <laughs> we like what Tom Homan had to say about the situation. Uh, Just to put it in perspective. How outrageous. Yeah. Of course, outrageous. we never want anybody to be separated from their no. children. But y'all, just, just listen to what he said. Yeah. This outrageous behavior of the Trump administration. Let's be clear. What the Trump administration did, and I was a part of the Trump administration, what we did was enforce the law which the Biden administration should try and they would have a secure border. We enforced the laws as enacted by Congress. And that resulted in a 40 year loan illegal immigration. 
Illegal immigration was down 83%. How many lives you're saved? How many women weren't raped by the cartels? How many children didn't die? How many pounds of fentanyl didn't come to this country and kill our young, our young people? The Trump administration enforced the law, gave him the most secure border this nation has ever had. The only outrageous behavior I see is we had the first president ever in the history of this nation, Joe Biden, who came into office and intentionally unsecured the most secure border we've ever had as a nation. Who does that? Who unsecures the border, which has resulted in a record number of illegal immigration this past year, a historic number, record number of fentanyl killed over 90,000 young Americans. The COVID had come across this border. Cartels are making billions of dollars. This was outrageous behavior. President Trump did his job, and those that worked for President Trump did nothing but our job and enforced the law. I mean, if you can argue with that, yeah. Or if, yeah, let us know. Like, seriously, I, I, yeah. right. what are we missing? Like, what am I missing? Right. Like, right. It, it, it's just like with the Rittenhouse situation. Like, I don't know if that kid's guilty or innocent. I mean, it certainly sounds like he acted in self-defense. It's It should play out in court and we're going to see. Right. But the fact that 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 it's the response to all of this, how anyone can make sense of the of the logic around the way the administration and the way, let's be honest, the left is responding to so many things. It's become quite illogical and hard to make sense of. And we need help making sense of stuff that does not seem to make sense at all. Right. Well, talk about parents losing children or whatever. Like, you know, somebody made a point too. Like when you're, when you do something illegal, if you break the law in the United States as a citizen, your kids can be taken away from you because yeah, and you go to jail right. and then you are your kids have no parents because you break the law and you're gone. Happens every day in cities across this country. That's right. And crossing the border illegally is illegal. If is you're... illegal. Right. <laughs> so how do we how do we differentiate giving settlement payouts to a group of people that's doing something illegally versus another group of people that's doing something illegally? And let's also talk about on Veterans Day, what are they doing for veterans? What are they doing oh. for vets? We are going to be given giving money to people crossing the border and illegally yeah. and there are still veterans on the streets to this day they're put they're housing these immigrants that are coming over yeah. and there are veterans on the streets okay yeah. like I, I just I, I it blows my mind look we can have sympathy and compassion and empathy for everybody but at some point you have to draw the line that's right. Um, you know, That's right. and, and you cannot have these open borders and have a safe country or a healthy country. Well, you, it can't be safe. It can't be healthy. And also economically, it can't function. You right. can't keep bringing people into the country that don't have to pay into the system and don't have to, to contribute directly to the system. Like it's, this is we what- pay them. <laughs> listen, right. every single person who serves in a government capacity should have to have ex extensive teaching on economics, truly, on economics right. and how it works. And let me just also say, and this is just a side note, go look right now. If you look at things, let, let, let's take Trump's personality out of this, because I know that that is a polarizing, he is a polarizing figure, mostly because of his personality, not policy as much as it is personality. He's gotten accused, of course, not everybody loves his policies, but I think a lot of people, even people on the left, enjoyed their life under Trump because the economy was strong, the borders were secure, China was getting their tails handed to them in many ways. We pulled out of a war in Syria. We were agreeing to pull out of a war in Afghanistan. Uh, we did not have Iraq breathing down our necks. North Korea was put in check. We had the lowest unemployment, I think, in uh, amongst Black Americans, uh, um, against Hispanic Americans, I mean, with Hispanic Americans, and certainly a very low unemployment rate. I mean, the economy was doing well, record high stock markets. It, it would be hard to say that for most of us, we can't say that our lives were better under that administration, right? I know that he's polarizing, but he was a businessman. And the whole reason that I think a lot of people, he appealed to them on the basis of the fact he knew how to run a business. And we knew, especially after the years with Barack Obama, we knew that we needed a leader that could make sure our economy was secure in addition to making sure our borders and our, our safety was, was prioritized. And I think a lot of us didn't feel that we had that as much after the Obama years. So this is my point. 
The thing with Trump is that his business acumen served us well. I think it'd be hard to argue it didn't. He, he met regularly with small business owners, got their input on what their needs are because the majority of our economy rests on small business. So recently I started looking up Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, um, Attorney General um, Garrick Marlin, you know, I mean, I mean, Merrick Garland. Um, I started looking at policymakers within the Biden administration to see how much experience they had in small business, virtually zero. These are people who have spent years in politics or working for the federal government. Go look it up yourself. I have yet to find someone in the administration that was an entrepreneur. Right. That owned a small business. How are these people making decisions? How can you have your finger on the pulse of real America when you're so out of touch and you've been, you know, in that for decades and decades and you can't live that life and have, I mean, I'm not saying that everybody in politics has to be a small business owner, no. but wouldn't it be nice to have a few people that are making all of the decisions that have well, some experience in how we really live? Well, here's what I do in business. If I don't know something, I go find someone who does and I ask them what to do. I got like, that's what you do, right? We can't be experts in everything, but I'm going to talk to people who know more than I do. And I'm going to have them on my team, have them on my team so that we know what to do. This is what like that. that, The problem is where are the people on his team that understand small business? It's clear either they're not there or they're not vocal or they're not, they're just completely overwhelmed. Well, it's like the people who make decisions on COVID. Yes, none of them in are actually treating COVID patients, nor that I've seen, are they collaborating with physicians and healthcare professionals that are treating COVID patients. I mean, you know, I'm just throwing that out there too. It's like, I'm not saying you can't be an expert, you know, in anything or learn things. Absolutely. But I just still feel like <laughs> it would be nice to have that. You know, you, right. you need to have somebody who's actually had that experience. Hey, but circling back to the border real quick, yeah, just, we'll to, just to let's, let's tie a bow on that conversation. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then we're going to go back. I would like to play the, because um, so now we've heard that the, um, you know, the 450,000, there's a really good argument by a, uh, by a journalist to oh, yes. the press secretary. Yes, yes, yes. yes. The Peter Ducey with, um, yes. oh, what's her name? Oh, gosh. She's standing in for Jen Psaki because Jen Psaki has COVID or is, has been gone for like three weeks. I think Psaki and Newsom are doing is something. Gavin Newsom somewhere. Because <laughs> they are two. Where'd they go? Two public figures that. <laughs> I got COVID and they got they and gone. They, are they gone. gone. We don't know where they are. <laughs> is, that a new, is that a new side effect of COVID? <laughs> well, <laughs> prayers for Jen Zaki. No, absolutely. I hope they are okay. But But if you've been out that long, you must not feel good. Just trying to make make the lightness, make it light. Well, she was fully vaccinated, so she should be fine. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Wink, wink, wink. Okay, here we go. Is there any kind of discussion about giving people this? You've got to hear this. This is Peter Ducey. He is, of course, from Fox News. And he asked- He asked hard questions. Hard questions. Listen to this. Is there any kind of discussion about giving people who are coming here as a right way money? Why would I? Why would we be giving people who are coming here the white right way money? Why are you giving people who came here the right way? I mean, but I I don't understand the the, the question. What is the? You're, you're saying that we should give immigrants. we should we should give people just money who are coming through? I don't understand the question. You're giving people who immigrated here illegally. Like I said, like I said, that's the Department of Justice. Oh, oh, deflect. Ask them. deflect. They're real good at deflecting. See, if you don't have hey, that. Let's, let's ask a legal immigrant how they feel about this. For real. Oh, yeah. I mean, you how would you feel? Can you imagine? They don't so, like it. I, I can mean, tell you right now, they don't like it. I've, we, we've heard from quite a few. They don't like it. So and, hopefully everybody understood what he just said from that clip where he was saying, are we going to give people who come over, you know, legally. we give money to them if they come over legally? And she's like, why would we do that? <laughs> well, <laughs> giving it to them if they come over illegally. So just curious. I don't understand. I don't understand the question. It's, it's just, again, what a joke. And I can only imagine how 
American haters can watch this kind of stuff unfolding <clears throat> and just think. People who, yeah, the people who've been waiting for like five years, oh, 10 years. I don't even know how long. I mean, I know it can, I mean, like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine. Bless. Oh, and then we have people who actually, um, I actually had a message from somebody who said that, and I'm probably going to mess this all up, but it's something about that she, their, their um, sister is, or cousin, somebody is a, citizen but not something she can't get over here unless she gets vaccinated uh, like she cannot move back like was a u.s citizen but has been living over there but cannot come back unless she gets vaccinated but then you've got these people Meanwhile. coming across the border and they don't have to have anything nothing no and amy what did you find this morning too was it one in three no what was that stat that you showed us this morning do you remember about the amount of people they can't find Give us, the, give us the immigration stats that you had. Okay, you okay. immigration stat, stats I saw was migrant encounters at the U.S.-Mexico border reached the highest level on record, 1.6 million in the 2021 fiscal year, which is more than quadruple the number of the prior fiscal year and the highest annual total on record. Oh, wow. And then Kristen found yeah. that um, the government cannot reach one in three released migrant kids. So roughly one in three calls made to released migrant kids or their sponsors between January and May went unanswered, raising um, questions about the government's ability to protect minors after they're released to family members or others in the United States. And nobody's going to think that there's no trafficking or any kind of shady stuff going on. All of a sudden, they can't. We have no idea where these kids are. We have no idea where these kids are. Oh my God. No, these kids are missing. Then there was the boy who God. is 25, but said he was 17. And then went to live with a sponsor and stabbed him to death. Stabbed him Did to death. See that? Yes. And that was in Florida. And he and lied in the and nobody knew. Nobody, you yep. can't vet. He does people. not look 17, y'all. Well, y'all, I we, got we, away went, with we went to get Bennett's permit this week. And the amount of documents we have to show for him mm. to simply drive behind the wheel of a car with me in it mm. is amazing. I mean, we're talking. Real social security num uh, card, no copy, real thing. You got to show their birth certificate. Um, we took the passport for the real idea. I mean, it is like going through Fort Knox as a citizen, but we're going to let these jokers cross the border and be like, hey, peace out. Come back when we call you. I mean, it is, it, I, I, it, the, the logic, I just- We I don't know, even know where these kids are, y'all. That is sad that and is scary. scary. And talk about if you want to be empathetic, compassionate and all this stuff, you know, we're giving money for people who were separated for a little while temporarily, yeah. yet now we'll, let's just release these children and yeah. have no record of who they're with. Where are they? Are they safe? Are they well taken care of? Are they fed? Are they being abused? Are, you know, it's, come on, think, think, just think, think, <laughs> just well, think, y'all. Don't let your this is like, like, this is where we can be emotional all day long for all of them, but step back and yeah. facts before fear. That's where the media, what, the media what is happening. Yep. And, and, and here's the other thing. DeSantis also talked about how many flights brought immigrant children into Florida. Did you guys see this? Yes. 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 And overnight, right? Is yeah. Like, like in the middle of the night, night too. Why are they flying these children in the middle of the night? That's the other thing. And even, even the White House press secretary admitted it was happening in the middle of the night. I just Holly can't get a flight flight because of fake weather. I can't get a flight for 48 hours. They're getting a flight there. <laughs> what happened to the weather? What happened to the weather and air traffic control? I thought that was okay. jacked up. Anyway, yeah. this is the thing. I mean, it just it again make it make sense. We it's it's very concerning what's happening. And um the, the fact that again, this is not an accident, friends. Okay, you don't muck up immigration this quickly this as bad, president yeah. this bad, without meaning to or or right or redeeming yourself getting down there where's where's the border oh, where's, oh, well, where's Kamala well guess where she is she going to Europe, in Europe. she's going to Europe she well, is not going to that border now that she's been to Europe will she go to the border now because we're remembering that interview mm -hmm. when they said have you been there she's like I haven't even been to Europe it's like i'm telling you hang on Holly. at some point you know it, we are going to the border we've been to the border 
So this whole this whole this whole thing about the border, we've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. And I, mean, I don't I don't understand the point that you're making. I'm not Okay, well now she has been to Europe. So <laughs> I mean, yeah. And this is why she, her approval rating is what, 27%? Yes. I mean, yes. L- let me tell you, everybody, if you Most want popular. Biden to not be president, let me tell you who's next in line. Kamala and and Nancy and Pelosi. Even, and even I'm a, lower. And oh. they listen, talking about that's scarier than Biden. And, uh, and by the way, I don't think Biden's president either because he doesn't even know what's happening. Let's be real. He, do, he doesn't. He clearly doesn't know what's happening half the time. Right. Somebody's president. I'm not sure that it's him. There's a, an entire administration that is running things behind that's the scenes. holding him up. Yeah. 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 He's it's like weekend at Bernie's. Only he's not dead yet. I mean, it's, oh, my God. I'm sorry. That I I will get kicked off. They're not gonna let me keep talking. Uh, the radio is like, no, that, might be the that might be the title of this podcast. Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Bernie's. Weekend at Biden's. Weekend at Biden's. Weekend at Biden's. And it, I promise. Thing, you know, I really do feel, I, but I, I feel, I feel sorry for him. him, but I also feel like he's mean and rude and condescending he and is. not nice to the American people. No, so he's mean. He's mean. He's mean. He's mean. Just, he like, doesn't care about what's happening. He doesn't. Yeah. He's not showing us through his actions that he gives a rip. Yeah. So then it's hard for us. Well, to- and I have a soft spot in my heart for old men. I do. I, and old women, yeah. like old people. I just like it, it tugs at my heartstrings. I was very close to my grandparents. And so I do watch him sometimes and want to like literally weep for him because I'm like, I, I already want to weep for our country, but I'm like doing dude, this to him. Well, and you know, like we, we have some insiders in DC that have told us that he and Jill, and this is is terrible because I don't want to start a rumor and it may not be true, but they don't have a great relationship. They don't apparently. And that would be the only way I can understand her letting him go through this. That's the truth. Right. You would think enough is enough. I just okay. couldn't let Paul, if, if I thought his cognitive abilities were not what they once were, I just, I couldn't let him be humiliated and embarrassed. And this is humiliating and it's embarrassing. It's for, for everybody, but especially for him. Right. I, I think so. I really think that. And so. it's damaging to not just him, but to all of us. All right. of us. I mean, for, I mean, our country, I mean, it's scary. Like, oh man. All of us. Okay. Well, it wouldn't be a podcast episode if we didn't talk about COVID. So. <laughs> Never, we're never getting away from it, y'all. Ever. Lord Jesus help us, right? I mean, come on. Like it's it's crazy. Um, Kristen, as the resident uh nurse <laughs> that we always say that, and, and then Kristen's always like, Look, I'm just I'm reporting as an American, not as a nurse. <laughs> like, I just read. <laughs> but you have a lot easier time reading through the medical journals than Amy and I do. I know. So, I ain't gonna say it's easy, but oh, I'm like just I gloss over. I think I just want, yeah, go ahead. Well, what stuck out most to you this week on the, on the topic of COVID and vaccines and mandates? What have you Um, come across that, you know? Well, I think one of the biggest things for me is seeing like the FDA report where, because I'm still trying to wrap my head around the fact that there's, is there rumors around? Did we see that they're going to at least, I know they've released, you know, authorized and, you know, the vaccine for kids, ages five to 11. And look, if people want to get it, that is fine. But there's still this level of bullying and division. And then also the room, I don't know if it's rumors or whatever, would not surprise me about them wanting to mandate vaccines for kids. Um, And especially, particularly for this age group, y'all, there are 90, there were, okay, this is actually in the FDA report. 94 COVID, remember it's COVID related deaths, okay? 94 COVID related deaths for ages five to 11 from January 1st, 2020 through October 16th, 2021, okay? Look, I, every one death is horrible. We know this, okay? I hope everybody knows how much we care about kids and about adults, everybody, everybody who's breathing, we care about you and love you. And we, every death matters. And we have to say that because people will twist the, twist it to think that we just don't care that kids died from COVID related, you know, we're all three mothers. It's just that people think that like COVID deniers, or they say that like the vaccine 
Um, nobody is acknowledging vaccine injuries, vaccine deaths. Like, well, we are- know that because Senator Johnson just yes. had a panel and invited the press, invited people to come and hear the and testimony. They didn't show up. They did <laughs> nobody not. came. They didn't come. And here's what's so frightening. Every single person that's testifying is very pro-vaccine. They signed up for clinical trials or they signed up for the vaccine early on and they are blown away that nobody cares about their injuries. And it is, oh, please, if you have not, if you do anything this week, go watch it because their voices should be heard. It's a travesty that we are ignoring these people or acting like they don't exist. I am shocked. It's awful. I am shocked that people, I mean, y'all, there are physicians that have been injured and their careers are ruined. Okay. Mm -hmm. And people are not believing them. I mean, there was a researcher and scientist and I love like what one of them said, he was like, you know, we know, where is that? I don't know where I had that quote from him, the Sean, um, Oh, that um, he knows that there's, you know, there's risks and he knows he was just one of the unlucky ones, Yes, but that he, they shouldn't be hidden. Right. Yeah. Yeah. where I want to find the quote. I had it written. I thought I typed it up in yeah. here, but it, when I get, when I get, I will get to that, but I also wanted to tell y'all that, um, where is it? Oh, I'll well, find it. In a bit. But what I wanted to tell y'all when I get, when I'm circling back to the kids, if you think about the risk with that, and, I, and then I want to go back to Senator Johnson, but the risk with them, if it's 94 deaths total ages five to 11 from January 1st to October 16th, and there's about 24 million children ages five to 11, that is a 0.00038% risk, okay? 0.0038% risk. And then another um, article was just saying, if you compare that 94 deaths, and this is actually in the FDA report, I think, 94 to the amount of COVID deaths just total that we've had, like 700 something thousand, it's a 0.00012%. Like that's the percentage. And I'm not saying that your kid, if you are really frightened about it, then that is fine. Get the vaccine. We are never telling people not to get it. Okay. We are not giving medical advice. My whole point is to mandate it and to scare the F out of everybody for such a tiny risk. That is what people just need to realize. This is where you got to step back and look at facts before. 10 months months in, Kristen, you said 98 children died in the United States of COVID. Yeah, 94. 94. And And did any of them have. No, that's that's not 10 months. That's the whole pandemic. This is from January 1st, 2020. Oh my gosh. October 16th, 2021. Okay. Okay, So Mm -hmm. let's just put this into perspective. In 2019 in the U.S., the year before the pandemic. 608 children, 12 and under, died in car accidents. Mm. Are we going, and, and, and it says 38% were not buckled up. So that's a problem, but considering it's a law that you should buckle up, but it didn't save those children from dying. Do you see what right. I'm saying? We're not going to, cr- we can't create a utopia where no one dies. We cannot right. create a utopia where no one gets hurt because this is real freaking life. And I am all for taking as many, I love a seatbelt law personally. I think it's great because I do believe it has saved lives, right? But injecting a, this is not the same. This is not an apples to apples comparison to compare seatbelts to a vaccine that has no long-term studies that was just created. And that frankly, for a virus that doesn't essentially kill children, not healthy children. Statistically, Statistically, Um, exactly. I did want to go back to, okay, so now when we go back to Senator Johnson, and we're going to have the link to to this on here, and of course, you can even just Google it, DuckDuckGo, it's on YouTube, but, um, and I'm surprised they haven't taken it down. Right. Right. (laughs) Let those voices be heard for sure. But um, one, okay, the guy that I was talking to y'all about, the um, Sean um, Barkovich, I think is how he said it. He is one, he is a researcher. He is a, he was a nurse um, Mm -hmm. and he said uh, reaction, he said, and he had a major reaction and it has debilitated him since then. Okay. And he is, and he already knows, he was like, you know, um, what he said, reactions are real. They're part of science. I got unlucky, but it's unethical to hide them, even if it's for some greater motive. Okay. The reason he said that 
is that they are hiding these reports, y'all. So there was another girl, um, a lady, she was, I think she's a preschool teacher. Her husband's a scientist. And she was saying that um, once she got a reaction after the first vaccine, she could not get the second one. And all of her information is gone. It's not in the report. Okay. There's also a little girl, Maddie, who's, is she 12? Yeah, Maybe. I think she's 12. Her mom gave the report. She's got, she has a tube for feeding now. She's in a wheelchair. Um, and her, all of her stats are gone because apparently if they did not make it to the second dose, or at least for these people, they have an app that all the clinical trial participants get and they were deleted. Their, their app was deleted. They couldn't get any access to the information. They have not been contacted by them since like day 60 of the trial. And like, so they have had to pay for all of their medical bills. Um, Brianne did say that they sent her $590. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's um, $590 covers nothing. In today's, nothing. In nothing. nothing. So, you know, you just have to think, okay, if they're hiding that and they even invited the FDA, they, they invited the CEO of FDA, or I think, or somebody from the FDA, I know Ron Johnson was saying that he did. They didn't show up. They didn't respond. And it's just very, if they're doing this with these people, and these are real testimonies, y'all. I mean, how could you watch them and think, oh, they're lying. These are, it's not like they went and did it just so they could like call them out. They did this. Brianne even said in an interview um, that someone asked her, Dell, big tree. He said, um, if you did not have this injury, would you have believed in the vaccine mandate? And she said, honestly, I would have. And I also probably would have had a hard time believing all the people that I now know have, you know, connected with this. She said they, she's connected with tens of thousands of people, y'all, tens of thousands. And guess what? Facebook took their, took their, took their page away. Oh they were all connected and just so trying to support each other and help each other and like understand each other's symptoms not even for any other reason. You have to think, why well, did they not want sinister. them to be connected? Why? You have to think about that. That's right. Why? why yeah. And, and, and why, again, why the lack of transparency? There's very, there's a lot of pro-vaccine people in the world. Um, I would probably say most people who are against the mandates are not anti-vaccine. They're right. just anti-mandate. But many doctors and, and viro everybody in the medical community and the scientific community, there's so many that are saying, if you were transparent, you could earn trust. But the fact that you cover up and you mm -hmm. lie about what's happening and you pretend that it doesn't exist is not winning the American public over. It's just yeah. not. We're not gonna get comp compliance from people. And listen, if you think everybody who says they've gotten that shot has gotten it, you're crazy. Because I myself know quite a few in the medical community who have vaccine cards that did not get that vaccine. That vaccine went into the trash can. Now, I probably, don't ask me, nobody asked me about that, but I do know, I do know and from different places. Well, there was also reports Carolina. all over, there were reports all over the place that people accidentally, or it was discovered that people got saline injections instead of the vaccine, uh, like unknowingly. There was, there's actually reports well, out there. And this is also why I tell y'all any in medicine, if it's coming from a multi-dose file, yep. you better ask them to draw that up right yep. beside you yep. before they give it to you because you well, do not know. Well, did you see in California? Was it California this morning? They just reported how many 100 plus children who were supposed to get a third of the adult size of the vaccine got the adult size vaccine yesterday. Oh, no. Shut up. I Shut up. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and they said, we hope they're okay because they got oh. three times the dose they were supposed to get. Oh my God. Oh my God. How do you make that mistake? And see, y'all, you can't take this back. Like, no. It's one thing, there are, you know, there are some meds that, that's got a half-life and it gets out of your system. Like if you have a reaction, you actually have a chance, you know, for it to reverse or whatever. But like the, a vaccine, that's why I, I'm so passionate about this too. It's like you, you can't unmake that decision. That's right. You know, once you get it in, it's not, it, it's right. there. It's that's there. Right. Yep. Um, I don't know. I'm just, it's you just can't very, undo it. Uh, and I don't want to, I never want to keep dwelling on all of this. It's just very difficult to keep seeing all of this. And, 
to, I just, we're so focused on it. I'm like, can we just move on? Can yeah. we just move on? And are we still in a pandemic? Are we still, yeah, that's my question. Are I'm we like, still, what, a, I mean, are we? What's the criteria and the, the definition for um, a pandemic? Although I have to say there's probably just there, I think there's more deaths now than there were last year, but yet we have three booster, you know, we have three yeah. vaccines for people, you that's know, the variants. Yes, that's right. And here's the other thing that to know that's noteworthy in the South right now, we are, we're, we're having a good lull here. Um, whereas other parts of the country in the Northeast, um, where they have much stricter laws about, they're more vaccinated people, first of all, and more masks. They're having a, a heck of a time and they're seeing cases rise again already. In fact, I saw something this morning that said they think they're already in their winter flu season with, you know, but with COVID and flu. And so very, very concerning. Oh, flu back? Did we uh -huh. circle back? Well, we don't know. We don't know because you can't we'll decide for the difference. We're still how using many tests. how many cases were there last year? Like five. Uh, we're still we still can't decide for the difference. By the way, everybody remember the PCR test that came out. We will not be using those in 2022 because we learned they don't decipher well between the flu and COVID. Just FYI, in case you didn't, in case you missed that news. I had to. I forgot about this. One of um, my friends yeah. um, is a nurse at a local hospital, and she. Um, has to get weekly testing because she is not vaccinated. She had a religious exemption that was accepted. Um, and she said that um, her test, like she looked at the test and it was expired. And she asked about that. And they said that all of theirs are expired and they're using them like that. They got approval for them to be used. And I was like, Oh, well, isn't that interesting? Because we, anytime we did, anytime you do a test, urine dipstick, glucose test, anything. Yeah. We had to do the checks and balances. You have to make sure it's not expired. If it's expired, yeah. you can't accept that result. Well, what I am really still confused about too, uh, just about all of this is the, of mandates, the, <laughs> the mandates to test the unvaccinated, but not the vaccinated mm -hmm. when they both can get it and they both can spread it. And in fact, there was a, new, a study that came out that says, it was published last month in the European Journal of Epidemiology, which is a monthly peer-reviewed medical journal. They examined 68 countries and 2,947 counties in the United States. And they concluded that higher vaccination rates are not associated with fewer COVID cases. In fact, they said at the country level, there appears to be no discernible relationship between percentage of population fully vaccinated and new COVID-19 cases in the last seven days. In fact, the trend line suggests, get this, a marginally positive association such that countries with higher percentage of population fully vaccinated have higher COVID-19 cases per 1 million people. And it says there appears to be no significant signaling of COVID-19. Wait, I can't hear you. Oh, no, there you are. You need Ooh. to circle back to that 1 million something. You said per 1 per... million and then it cut off and then we oh can hear Oh my gosh, you. and it's saying my internet's unstable. Can y'all hear me? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> it just says it appears to be no significant signaling. Okay, so it said basically that the, the countries with higher percentage of population fully vaccinated have higher COVID-19 cases per 1 million people. Yeah. Wow. So yes. it, again, but then there, there's a brothel that's offering free sex to patrons. Oh yeah, oh, New York, they were offering a hundred dollars to the kids. The kids to the kids get some candy. I mean, what, what kid doesn't say, "Hey, I'll, I mean, well, there's a lot of kids who don't want a shot." But let's, I mean, that's hey, but didn't we learn about that in school? If somebody comes up to you and offers you money to go buy candy, like, what are you? Are, are those good people or bad? No. People? Those are the kids we, we were like, do not trust, like stranger Don't danger. Trust the people who tell you that they want to give you some money. Let's go buy, go buy some candy. I mean, come on. Well, and then- Bribing is for the, kid, for the parents. Let the parents do the bribing with well, the kids. Uh, well, now we have Sesame Street trying to influence oh these five-year-olds to get the vaccine, right? I mean, I just want to know why, you know, Big Bird can talk about um, COVID and the vaccine, but we can't let actual medical doctors treating COVID every day talk about it. Like hey, I do, I do want to point out this um, very good um, question from Peter Doshi. Um, he was an expert um, panelist at that Senator Johnson's uh, hearing because it was with federal. It was regarding federal mandates, and it had experts on the panel 
as well as the vaccine injured, okay? And one of his quotes was, he said, well, first he, his question was, if hospitalizations and deaths are almost exclusively occurring in the unvaccinated, why would booster shots be necessary? Because uh, truly, if, if that is actually the case, which, the I, Jeopardy music. which I question, <laughs> We'll see who wins. Amy will be the sound effects. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. That's the first thing I thought that like music popped in my head as soon as you asked that question. So, so and, and one of his quotes after that, which is once again something we love, he said, I believe it's time to inject some critical thinking into the conversation. Mm. If mm. we're going with the narrative, y'all, that's the end quote. This is me now. If we're going with the reports that the majority are unvaccinated that are in the hospital yeah and it's the pandemic of the unvaccinated then why do we need booster why do we need extra protection let the unvaccinated die like you yes (laughs) (laughs) just let them that's what you want anyway right it's the one and y'all someone asked at um at one of the advisory committee meetings um it was asked of one of the doctors, and I think I believe his name was Dr. Brooks, and I've got that video. We'll have it on on a link. But um, they were asking about herd immunity, like saying so seventy percent, eighty percent, and they're like, so when we vaccinate these the kids five to eleven, is that going to help us reach it? And Dr. Brooks was like, well, we don't want to put a specific um, number on that because he said with waning effectiveness, and you know, with these vaccines, we he he said that we're never going to reach. Didn't he say herd immunity or like they were asking about herd immunity and he said, we're never going to reach herd immunity. So when people say we want to get back, this is the only way to get back to normal. They're admitting. What does that mean when they say everybody needs to do this so that we can all live life again or whatever their, their reasoning is get back to normal life or whatever. whatever. And I just just feel like, what does that mean? I've been back to normal life. Sorry. Same, same. I mean, you know, again, I I think it's just more and more, we have to just cut to the chase and we just have to be really clear that COVID's not going away at this point because we've not, we don't have anything to, we don't have a vaccine that is durable for the mutations. And we, this is not unusual. We've never had that with the flu either. And the flu kills people every year too. Okay. And then we don't want to talk about that, but it's true. You know, the, the, at the end of the day, we have got to go back to focusing on individual health, individual autonomy, freedom, rights, because if, whether you live or die has a lot to do with the choices you're making every day. So go make better choices. I mean, that is ultimately where it all has to come back to, because what we have in place ain't working. Well, and I, it's just crazy how there's just two totally separate sides, you know? Yeah, it um, should be, but it is. I do, can I just say, tell y'all just a couple more things? Did you want to say something? No, we're just, something? we're not going to be able to cover all the other, we have so many more things. We need to just ne- stay tuned next week. We got more. <laughs> no, no, just uh, aside from COVID, I'm just saying yeah. there's like so many other things. So, but we'll, but finish your, your well, I just wanted to give the, the, just a couple latest numbers because there are people who think that, you know, we're denying COVID, not us. Nobody's saying this to us, okay? It's just what we see. Or, yeah, shoot, they may be saying something behind our back, but I'm just saying there are two, it's almost like there's two totally separate people. There are people who deny or think they're denying COVID, but then there's also people who are just denying all these vaccine injuries, okay? But if you actually look at the open bears, the most recent reports, 18,078 deaths have been reported, okay? Um, let's go with 8,878 heart attacks, 11,449 cases of myocarditis, pericarditis, 28,112 permanently disabled, permanently disabled, y'all, okay? Um, And 20,111 life-threatening injuries and 10,124 reports of shingles. I mean, and it goes on and on. There's miscarriages. There's all this stuff, and I didn't write those down, but this is on Open Bear's reports, okay? And there's just just the, the, the quote of where there is risk, there must be choice. Yep. Period. Period. End of story. The end. That's it. There's risk everywhere. Well, we've Jesus. got so much more to talk about. We've like, got to talk about James I mean, O'Keefe. Oh, and gosh. We've yes. got to talk about inflation. Yep. We've yes. got to talk about China. Um, 
China and the missiles. Oh, Y'all, there's so much. We just yep. go, pay attention. Go watch China. You know, go watch. Oh, climate change. Remember, they tipped climate us off. Change? CNN tipped us off and said that in the coming year, climate change was going to be the thing that they tried to use to incite fear, right? If it bleeds, it leads. You know, if it makes people afraid, let's talk about it. And we, we've got so much to tell you on all this, but we're out of time. Amy's got to go see her new doctor. Yeah. <laughs> Functional well, let's see how that goes. Y'all uh, <laughs> know we are very serious about good health and getting good medical care. So we're on a mission to find those doctors as well. So Amy, tell us about that. Yeah, yeah on the I, next will, I will. All right, y'all. Well, as always, girls, it's a pleasure. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please go give us a five-star rating if you've enjoyed this, um, just so that other people can know that we might be worth the hour they give us. And so, share it. Share us with your friends. Yes. And, <laughs> and also, we appreciate your feedback. So thank you for all of the great you. feedback. You, so many of you point us in directions to look into things. Um, if, if you can find anything we're saying that you can fact check and and that's a compelling um, you know, and, and a reasonable source, we would love to see it. All right, guys, we'll see you later. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye.